Guys, welcome to another episode of So Dramatic. I'm Megan Pistetto, also known as Satan on Earth. Well, 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 what a week it's been for me anyway, as always. Let me do a quick recap about my week so far because I feel like it's way more eventful than The Bachelorette or anything else on TV for that matter. So I spent 24 hours this week in exile in the Zuckerberg naughty corner. I copped a 24 hour ban on Facebook for violating their community standards. And I know it might not sound like a long time to some, but let me tell you, it felt like an eternity. Honestly, my whole world came crashing down. All I said as well was kill and bitch, and that's what got me banned. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Honestly, there's more rules and regulations on Facebook now than there is in North Korea in the 21st century. So if you're in the Facebook group, please, please, please censor yourselves. Get creative with your profanities. I know it's such a hard adjustment, especially for me, considering the only words in my vocabulary are swear words. So I guess pig Latin will be my first language of choice moving forward. Eche, Adelaide, okay. Thank God there are no rules and regulations on this podcast. It is the only safe space left for us savage queens. On a positive note though, about Facebook, exciting news. Rudy, AKA Mr. Italy has joined the Facebook group. So I am one step closer to becoming Mrs. Italy guys. Now let's talk about Instagram. To add further insult to injury, I am still banned on Instagram. So if you're looking for the podcast page, please go to my personal page at Megan Pistetto and click the link in my bio to take you to the podcast page. Look, do any other platforms want to ban me while we're here, while we're at it? Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, if you're listening. Then after that, I had two irrelevant contestants try to character assassinate me this week because... Look, I guess they must be bored in Melbourne lockdown. They've got nothing better to do with their lives. Haters gonna hate. So they said, among other things, that they felt sorry for me because I spend so much of my energy on reality TV. Wait a minute, was that meant to be an insult, guys? (laughs) Newsflash, that is my job. This podcast is my full-time job. So of course I'm going to spend time and energy on it. Isn't that what you do at work? Maybe they just don't know what a real job is. Anyway, when you can't beat them, beat them down, right? Misogyny 101. Nice try, guys. Speaking of lockdown, congrats to my Victorian listeners who had restrictions slightly lifted this week. You're all probably listening to this at the hairdressers right now. Hopefully you DM'd Aggie to get the number of his hairdresser before he left the show. Enjoy that root job and blow drive. We are all rooting for you. Okay, on to the moment we dread all week. Torture time, I know. The Bachelorette, AKA Incest Batchy. Look, at this point, there's nothing left to do but mock the rest of this season. I have firsthand embarrassment that I've devoted so much of my time to it. That irrelevant reality TV contestant was right after all, I guess. Anyway, the acid trip continues. We're still waiting for Hologram Osha, AKA the Ryan Seacrest of Australia, to perform his magic trick of turning back into real life Osha. Unsure when slash if that's ever gonna happen. And what the fuck was that cringe Halloween date? I thought I was hallucinating. The most shocking thing about that entire episode though, aside from full stripping, cheating confessions and straight men in heavy eye makeup, 
is the fact that one of them has a brain. Adam, the only beacon of hope for mankind this season. Ellie just could not hide how impressed she was that one of them has more than three brain cells. And that's also how low my standards for men are too. Feels. Then we had Thursday night's cringe fest episode, the Tough Mudder date that would have been more suited to SAS. I wasn't sure if I was watching the right channel there for a minute. It actually gave me gangrene through the screen. Side note, why are all the dates in baths, spas, pools, or the ocean? Like, is COVID and secondhand embarrassment less contagious in the water? Asking for myself. Also, how the hell is Adrian still there? Becky's fuckboy radar is so off, not that I can talk. Speaking of fuckboys, Fraser's hidden fuckboy vibes came into full view with that nudie run. Never trust a man who does a nudie run. I repeat, never ever trust a man who does a nudie run. Fraser reminds me of the kind of guy who would like text you at the end of the night for the $10 Uber ride home and then delete your number and reply when I text him the next day, who this? Someone in the Facebook group who agreed that Fraser is a fuckboy in disguise said it best. He's a just a tip, doesn't count kind of guy. So look, maybe my fuckboy radar is accurate after all. Only time or Bachelor in Paradise will tell. Then we had more of Becky getting the substandard dates while Marsha, Marsha, Marsha lived the high life. It was nice to see Becky actually get the front of the boat this week for her date with Pete and not shoved out the back again. They must have done like a rock, paper, scissors for that one. Look, it's like Channel 10 aren't even trying to hide the winners anymore. After the boat double date, it was so obvious that Pete and Fraser, they may as well just end the show now, put us all out of our misery, let us check into AA early ahead of schedule and put up the Christmas tree now and call it a year. If you missed it, I also put a huge spoiler on Instagram at Dramatic Podcast or you might have to go via Megan Pistetto revealing the elimination order of the final contestants. Look, I know a few of you out there don't don't enjoy spoilers and it was a huge spoiler but I figured there's not really much left to spoil anyway it was spoiled the minute they announced Ellie and Becky as bachelorettes according to the boys savage but true coming up today more bachelorette bombshells including which boys were making moves on the makeup ladies yes you heard correctly the real reason Love Island's Jordan Kalis and Gerard Marja have split and another Bachelorette contestant is to blame. Hashtag scandal. I've dedicated the entire So Exclusive segment to SAS Australia because it's the best show on TV at the moment and we all just cannot get enough of it. Plus all the scandalous details about Damien's divorce. So much drama, so little time. Let's get into the show. But you're like the last person we can tell things to. You want to know something? I have some dirt. So juicy. Okay, I'm going to go off script for a minute here. Usually I tell you all to stay in your lane, bitch, but I'm going to swerve outside my lane today just slightly. I'm feeling tipsy. Now, I have some Love Island goss and I haven't covered Love Island on this show before, so I'm breaking my Love Island virginity in front of all of you. So there have been some whispers for weeks now about whether or not Jordan Kalis and Gerard Marja have broken up. I can confirm they have unfortunately split 
And Jordan, who is Lockie Gilbert's ex, who broke up with him because he cheated on her, has been dumped by Gerard because he thought that she still wasn't over Lockie. A close friend of the couple says Gerard left Jordan because she was doing interviews about Lockie and she reposted a link to an interview that she did about him. So Gerard had just had enough of it and broke things off. He was super self-conscious after all the interviews Jordan did about her relationship with Lockie. He had a go at her for an article and then she shared an Instagram story with someone burning him for liking all of the girls' photos during filming. Side note, that was me doing the burning. And then Jordan shared it saying, amen. And that was enough for Gerard to pull the pin on their relationship. Jordan was left distraught because it came out of nowhere and now he won't return her calls or messages. Harsh. Oh my God, oh my God. As I've said previously, it looks like producers have literally thrown in the towel this season. They've put no effort into production. The budget is non-existent and while I did say this is a joke, I now have confirmation that this is actually what they've done. A Channel 10 insider said, publicity has been laying so low this season, they don't care about anything. They don't care if people go rogue. They don't care about the ratings. They are barely organizing any interviews or press for the show. They've just come to realize that it's not even a season worth fighting for anymore. They are writing it off as a loss. We may as well put the season in the bin with all my ex-boyfriends. Channel 10 is being a fuck girl and I like it. Oh my God, oh my God. As previously revealed on So Dramatic, the boys weren't that into the girls this season and there have been some shocking revelations that some contestants were even avoiding having any one-on-one -on -one time with Ellie and Becky. I have some more intel on this developing situation and what I'm about to reveal is the most shocking by far. Drum roll, please. Pause for dramatic effect. Some of the boys were hitting on the hair and makeup ladies. Let me explain. So one contestant says, as soon as the mics were off and the cameras weren't rolling, a few of the guys would show their true colors and would start chatting up the makeup ladies. They were flirting with them and even asked if they were single. One of the guys even asked one of them for their number so he could catch up with her once he was off the show. It was so annoying because I was there for genuine reasons and it annoyed me that the guys who were on the show the longest were not genuine at all. Now, I can hear you all asking who. You want names and lucky for you guys, here at So Dramatic, we always name and shame. I don't deprive you guys. I have the answers for you. So the main offenders of this were James and Jake. I mean, no surprises there really. Oh my God, oh my God. Someone else who was apparently fake for the cameras was Ellie. A contestant says, Ellie would tell me stuff like, you've really stood out to me. We have a really strong connection. I can see myself falling in love with you the most out of all the guys, etc., etc." but now I figure she was just saying that to every guy. I mean, fair. <laughs> Is that not the premise of the show? Is that not what you signed up for, Mr. Contestant? But in saying that, this contestant did explain that he made it quite far and he said that he believed Ellie would say things she didn't mean just to keep the guys sticking around and so that they wouldn't walk or leave the show. They added, I totally agree with what Nadine said on your podcast. They definitely keep people who are involved in the drama around the longest. No shit, Sherlock. He obviously hasn't been listening and taking notes in So Dramatic Class. Oh my God, oh my God. There has been a lot of reports and claims made on this podcast about the strict drink limit that they have on The Bachelorette. So the rule is that you're allowed, I think it's one drink every half an hour. However, 
the drink limit apparently did not apply for Ellie and Becky. The bachelorettes were exempt from the rules and regulations and they got blind drunk every night. One contestant says, Ellie and Becky were smashing fireballs every single cocktail party. That was their drink of choice. Ellie had one-on-one time with James. They smashed a bottle of fireball together in the pool and they were hooking up all night. James couldn't walk back to the mansion. He was so drunk. Producers had to carry him back. Ellie was so blind, she couldn't do her boxes, so she had to do them the next morning. She had to go straight to bed. She was legless and vomiting all night. Another contestant called Ellie and Becky Bogan Bachelorettes and said that they were bogan, trashy. They constantly swore they weren't classy at all. Savage. Oh my God, oh my God. Now, while Ellie appeared to be having the time of her life during filming, one person who wasn't was her sister Becky. According to multiple sources, sister Becky was extremely anxious during filming and acted like she didn't want to be there. One contestant says, I felt really sorry for Becky. Ellie had done it all before. It wasn't her first rodeo and she managed the whole thing really well. Whereas Becky was constantly anxious and worried the whole time. It wasn't her scene. You could tell that she just didn't want to be there and did not feel comfortable at all. She was extremely shy. She would get upset over the smallest things and would make a mountain out of a molehill and blow everything out of proportion. She didn't know how to take a joke either. Ouch. Oh my God, oh my God. So last week on So Dramatic, I revealed that Pascal had a secret girlfriend who he dumped just days before filming The Bachelorette. Now it turns out he wasn't the only one hiding a secret girlfriend. According to a number of contestants, it was quite well known that Aggie had a secret girlfriend during filming who he's actually still dating now. Her name is Olivia. She's a personal trainer from Melbourne and I've asked Aggie to confirm or deny this rumor and he has not yet responded. So Aggie, if you're listening, please confirm or deny. Oh my God, oh my God. Look, we all know that this season is a big hot mess. The only saving grace is Adam's friends on Instagram. They have been roasting him in the comments section more than Australia collectively roasted Shannon Knoll in 2003. If you haven't checked it out already, I highly recommend you go to Adam's comment section and have a look. Let me read out some of the things they've been saying to him. This was my favorite one. Underneath the photo of Adam in the Halloween costume, one of his friends wrote, come on, Adam, Halloween isn't for another week. Don't go burning your pumpkins just yet, you silly duffer. (laughs) You know, I think we finally get why those girls tease you for being early all the time, ha ha. Hey, while I've got ya, do you mind returning my Miley Cyrus CDs? I'm playing bingo with the lads next weekend and need a soundtrack for my big entrance. I'm thinking of dressing up like that video clip where she swings on the construction ball. You always loved that one. Ha ha. Hey, stay safe and make sure you sink your teeth into those girls, if you know what I mean. Ha ha. Another one said, you keep telling those rock jokes, you rock star. Bet it's not the first time you've claimed title King of the Jungle whilst running around with your shirt off, getting painted by a couple of Sheilas, eh? <laughs> Row. Ha 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 ha. I thought your brush strokes were elegant last night, and gosh, you look getting painted on so well. It must have been a bit nippy. Nothing you couldn't handle, you foxy giraffe, you. Speaking of painting, can you give me back those Mr. Squiggle VCRs? Apparently they're a collector's item now and I want to turn them into cold hard cash so I can buy a ticket to the zoo. Cheers, ta, hooroo. Look, they are officially the real MVPs of this season. 
They get an A plus for banter this semester. I will post a gallery of their best work on Instagram so you guys can have a look, but go and check out on Adam's page as well. It is way better content than the entire production. Oh my God, oh my God. Okay, what we didn't see this week, I mean, more like what did we see? So much has been cut out. They are racing through this season faster than I raced through a bottle of vodka on a Friday night. One contestant of many bitched to me this week saying, I am shocked at how much has been cut out. I have counted that they haven't shown about 13 single dates so far this season. Craggies, that's a lot. For example, last week after the water park date, Adam and Shannon were picked by the friend and the cousin to have extra time with Becky and Ellie and none of it was shown. Adrian also had a single date. This week, it wasn't just James and Joe who did special things at the cocktail party for the girls. We all did. This season is shit. (laughs) Truth bomb. But they're not showing any of the good stuff that happened. Producers added fuel to the fire. They pushed us to create drama and they haven't even used any of it. They've chopped out all the good stuff and I don't know why they've gone in this direction. The cutting room floor of that cracked down editing room must surely need a clean up by now. You probably can't even see the goddamn floor anymore. One huge thing that was left out this week was Pete's cheating confession. He also revealed that he'd been cheated on before in a serious long-term relationship and that he'd also cheated on someone when he was younger too. They also cut out an important conversation the week before when Becky and Pete had their single date. So during their DNM, Pete revealed that he'd been divorced and Becky got really emotional and she replied saying that she could emphasize with him and emphasize with being hurt like he was but it didn't really make any sense. So clearly they edited out a huge chunk of what Pete had said to Becky. And I'm assuming that's what it was. Oh my God, oh my God. So some devastating news for us, spoiler alert ahead. If you do not want to know another contestant who doesn't win, please block your ears for 10 seconds. One listener wrote to me this week saying, hey, I saw Adam at Hot Dub Wine Machine in Perth on Saturday. All I can say is that he 100% did not look like he was in a committed relationship. Ellie must be smoking something on set too because he is the biggest catch on the show in my eyes. I would even go as far to say that he's bachelor worthy. Channel 10, if you're listening, not to mention, imagine the cameos from his savage mates. Oh my God, oh my God. Coming up next week, confession, I made a boo-boo. So last week I said that James gets aggressive towards Adam and it leads to him not receiving a rose. I calculated that it was going to be this week that they showed that considering how fast they'd been flying through the show, but I got my timings wrong. That will actually be next week because they seem to have slowed things down to a normal pace. I think they must be trying to keep me on my toes. Checkmate channel 10. Maybe they'll pop in a random hologram intruder in the edit next week just to throw me off the scent. Who knows? Oh my God, oh my God. Also this week, one front runner gives Becky an ultimatum. Sam tells Becky that if he's going to be the last guy standing at the end of the show, he's going to need more time before the finale to be ready and able to commit with her. One contestant said, Sam got to a point where he needed more time with Becky before he felt like he could commit to a relationship with her. He told producers that if he didn't get more one-on-one time with her, he wouldn't be quite ready to introduce her to his family. They barely had any time together, just the past a date and the extra time backstage. It's not really enough time to know if you want to be in a committed relationship with someone. You barely know them. He didn't want to lead her on without being 100% sure it was going to work on the outside and he hadn't had enough time to make that decision. Sam was being a gentleman by being honest with her and he thought that Becky felt the same and would give him more time, but she didn't. 
To be honest, I think he did the right thing. I personally need 10 years minimum before I decide if I want to commit to someone. So I don't really blame him for needing more than a few hours to make that decision. Oh my God, oh my God. Do not fight amongst yourselves. Please come to me. So will you confirm or deny? At least you're honest with me. So exclusive. Okay guys, you're getting a really nice little treat this week. Get excited. I wasn't gonna cover SAS. It's not my usual jam. It's a weird flex for me. And one show at a time is more than enough. But since so many of you inbox me requesting to cover it, I thought I would. Look, I am a slave for you after all. I'm a generous soul, a giving person. I've worked overtime this week to cover the two shows for you spoiled little brats. You know what they say, Kris Jenner works hard, but Megan Pistetto works harder. So SAS really put the reality in reality TV this week. It was actual reality TV minus the degrade acting that we've been subjected to lately. And it was good to see some real emotions for a change, not those fake Jamie Doran tears. Now, speaking of Jamie Doran, now that Paradise is on the shelf, they should just chuck in like all the Bachelor rejects into SAS, like shake things up a little bit. I would love to see Angie punching some of the guys from her season in the face or like Jamie crying when Tim's taken away from the group to be interrogated. Pascal telling the DS that they're not up to his standards and seeing how many girls Kieran could get away with sleeping with at the same time in those small confines. Now that is a show I would watch. Okay, so SAS, look, there is some questionable casting, not gonna lie. It seems like a criminal record was a prerequisite to go on the show. In the cast, we have convicted drug smuggler, Chappelle Corby, alleged con woman, Arabella Del Bulso, alleged drug cheat Shana Jack, throwing in a lot of allegedly's here. Oh, and even the DS guy, Anthony Middleton, it was revealed that he's been jailed for assaulting two police officers, calling Black Lives Matter protesters scum and vowing to ignore COVID distancing. It's literally like detention for naughty reality TV stars. So someone in the Facebook group said that the celebrities were in training in New Zealand for eight months before the show. They said celebs trained together for eight months in New Zealand, but returned out of fear of borders closing. And one celeb actually pulled out. Chappelle Corby got a call up and only trained for seven weeks before the show started. Look, that didn't sound right to me. Eight months is a long time, especially for celebrities to give up their lives. So I contacted someone who works on the show to find out exactly what the timings were. So here we go. They started casting at the beginning of the year. They signed contracts in July. They filmed in August. The initial filming dates were supposed to be March 23 to April 3rd, but it had to be postponed due to COVID. So some cast members did go to New Zealand earlier in the year and then they had to return when the borders were closing. They said the people who went over in March were probably like, fuck, I'm going to get fit for this when we go back in August. They would have got a rude shock. The show ended up being filmed in the Blue Mountains. It was shot over a couple of weeks. Now, one contestant's dished to me about the conditions during filming and it's not pretty. They said that there were no producers involved in filming, purely DS guys and the camera crew. It was brutal. It was like no other. You sleep in a barn on stretches. There were no showers, no luxuries at all. You were woken up at 1am every morning to do bee stings. We were always in wet clothing. You could not go to the toilet in private. You had to strip off in front of everyone. 
You were always freezing cold. You were always miserable. There was not one moment during filming where I was happy. You had to even seek permission from the DS to see the doctor and they did not allow it at the drop of a hat. It was only used as a last resort. They swear and yell at you all the time. They call you fuckwits and pathetic constantly and they were always yelling in your face. I then asked the question on everyone's lips. Did Ali and Honey Badger hook up? And they laughed and said, absolutely not. No one hooked up with anyone. There was no possible way you could hook up with someone. You would have been obliterated by the DS and hooking up with someone was the last thing on anyone's mind. You were just trying to survive. It was physically impossible to even entertain that thought because it was always go, go, go. Now the toilets, <laughs> they said that the toilets were little potties in front of everyone, which we did see this week on screen. They called them PP holes. The drop boxes had to be cleaned by the contestants daily and the DS would choose who had to clean them. It was not pleasant. We all complained every time. Now the same contestant has given me some info about the other contestants. I will go through each one and read them out now. Candace Falzen was the mother of the group. She was always looking out for everyone. She was always positive and super lovely, but very competitive at the same time and stopped at nothing to finish the challenges. She could be quite brutal on the field. Faraz Durrani was cocky and cheeky and he always got us in trouble. He would try to be funny and played up and then we would all have to pay. If someone did something wrong or spoke at the wrong time, the whole group would cop it and he was constantly doing it. Everyone was telling him to shut the fuck up and turned on him after a while because they were so over it. They started calling him selfish. Roxy Jasenko. When we first rocked up at the barn, we were soaking wet and Roxy said, I actually have no words. But she didn't just say it once. She said it for an hour straight. I was like, what did you think it was going to be like? The Four Seasons? Roxy was constantly complaining. She was very stuck up. She acted like the queen. Look, in Roxy's defense, I would have done exactly the same. Roxy copped a lot of criticism this week for leaving the show first. And I mean, I do not blame her at all. I would have taken the money and ran to the airport until my feet bled. Arabella Del Busso. The real reason she left the show was because she felt so uncomfortable. The contestant says, it wasn't just about the interrogations she received, but the treatment from the other contestants. No one liked her. No one spoke to her. They didn't even say hello to her. They didn't even acknowledge her. They muttered things under their breath about her. She was treated like a total outcast. Now onto our bachelorette, Ali. They said Ali was lovely, but she was clearly not in a good place mentally during filming. She was very emotional and obviously dealing with her breakup from Tate and she cried a lot. I actually felt really sorry for her. It would have been really tough jumping straight into that situation after a breakup. She did really well considering. Now onto our bachelor, the honey badger. The honey badger was down to earth, very funny, very friendly, but disgusting at the same time. He would walk past you and do a fart and then laugh and run off like a little kid. He would also pee in front of everyone without warning. Charming. Chappelle Corby. Everyone was initially intimidated by Chappelle. They didn't know her or what she would be like, but she ended up being the most kind-hearted person on the show. She was really sweet. Eden Daly, Love Island star. He was very cocky. He was really rude and obnoxious to all the women on the show. He didn't acknowledge any of the females. He barely spoke to them. He then made some of the women feel intimidated because he was not very friendly towards them. And he had a huge ego. For example, 
Eden had to do his interviews again because they weren't good enough, but instead he told the group that the reason he had to redo them was because they were too good and they wanted more content from him. Everyone was rolling their eyes and thinking, oh, you're so up yourself. Very juicy. I can't wait to see what happens next week on the show. I'm addicted and I will do my civil duty to get you guys more gossip on SAS because it's really the reality show that we all deserve. This is bad behavior. Everybody calm down. It's a case for the FBI. So scandalous. Detective Megapus on the case again this week, guys. For this week's special law and order investigation, I have some scandalous details about Damien Stone's divorce that landed on my desk just this week. Hot off the press, this one. So it's no secret that he used to be married. His bio for the show read... Having been heartbroken from a previous marriage, the 31-year-old won't settle for anything less than the real deal and is excited about the possibility of meeting someone he can really vibe with. Now, I have the scandalous details surrounding this marriage. A close friend of Damien's told me that his wife just got up and left him one day and he was left heartbroken. They said Damien was previously married to a European woman. They met on a Euro trip. It was around 2015. They got married not long after, they moved back to Australia, they weren't married for very long, and then she went on a trip back home to visit her family, and she never came back. Damien was left heartbroken, it was some real life ghosting shit. Damien was left heartbroken because she didn't even give him a reason why she wasn't returning, she just phoned him one day and said, I'm not coming back. Apparently after she moved, they would still have phone calls all the time, and he was trying to convince her to move back, but she never did. They eventually ended up divorcing. Damien's never really gotten over her. He's still quite hurt by it. I think it's actually affected how he is with girls and his ability to open up now. He doesn't really like to talk about it or give specifics. He only talks about it sometimes, like if he's heavily intoxicated or if you're having a DNM. It's definitely not something that he talks openly about or gives specific details about. Poor Damien, that's horrible. Like being ghosted over text is bad enough, but imagine being ghosted like in real life by your wife. That is brutal. Now, another person who knows Damien has come forward saying that Damien, his best mate, Todd Elton from Love Island, regularly chat to girls on the house party app and some of them are not even 18 years old yet. Cougar vibes, predator vibes, I should say. They said... Damien and Todd are regulars on the house party app and they're always bragging about how many girls they're seeing at once. They are both massive players. Guys, (laughs) I think we've found our newest super spreaders. Add them to the list stat. Warning. Oh my God. Okay, let's focus. That's all the tea I've got for you guys today. Grab a bucket, grab a mop. If you enjoyed this episode, which I know is all of you, please subscribe, rate and review. Five stars only, of course. And please keep sharing So Dramatic Around. More than reality TV stars share themselves around the reality TV world and more than Damien and Todd share themselves on House Party. If you could please do God's work and post a screenshot on Instagram or wherever you're listening to the podcast, it would be much appreciated and it will allow me to continue bringing the goss each week. Get those Christian hours up, guys. If you have any requests for people you want me to get on, any specific questions that you want answered, or even better, if you have any juicy goss for me, funny memes, receipts, 
slide into my DMs at Megan Pistetto or at Dramatic Podcast. And if you haven't already, join the Facebook group, aka the Drama Army. That is where the real tea is being spilled on the daily with my Savage Queens. That is at So Dramatic Podcast on Facebook. And don't forget every Wednesday and Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m., we are continuing with our bachelorette parties in the Facebook group. It's actually the only saving grace of this godforsaken show and the only reason I'm still watching. Everyone is invited to those, except me if I get banned again. So be there or be square. The next episode will be dropping on Friday. I've been consistent three weeks in a row, guys. Look at me go, who even am I? I don't even know myself anymore. Make sure you've subscribed though, so you can listen to the episode as soon as it drops and you can get the tea while it's hot. Now, before I go, I'm gonna leave you guys with some parting words, some uplifting, motivational, inspirational, sentimental, exhilarating wisdom to start your weekend with from a very public figure. You know, some people can look at me and go, Amanda, you're so lucky. Look at your body, you're so lucky. Look at where you are, you got on TV, you're so lucky. Look at your following, you're so lucky. I'm here to tell you, I'm not lucky. I just made some choices. You know, I made some choices when I had two options, to fail or to succeed. Oprah Winfrey would be shaking. Okay, that's really all I've got for you guys today. Thank you for listening to another episode of So Dramatic. Ciao for now. Kind regards. Oh my God. Oh my God. So Dramatic with Megan Pistetto.